This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. Thank you guys for listening to Truth and Power. And uh, today I wanted to talk about um, the blessing and what does that mean. Um, there's so many different people that talk about um, you know, finances and money. In fact, Jesus talked about money more than anything else. If you start to look up in Scripture... And so we, we've got this uh, perception today that's going through the church that uh, money is bad or being rich is bad. And we talk about um, the camel going through the eye of a needle. We're going to go through some of that today. I want to read some scripture to you and just point out uh, a few things. I want you to just see it through scripture. If you look in uh, Proverbs ten twenty one, it says, The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and addeth no sorrow with it. So we see that there's this blessing of the Lord that makes one rich. Now, a lot of people will say um, two different things, right? There's one camp that just says, money, money cometh, you dance on stage, and money will fall from heaven. Um, or there's, uh, you know, money is really bad. This one says it makes man's rich and adds no sorrow to it. There is a, a worldly rich that does have sorrow with it. There's a lot of people that made their money in a way that they're probably not proud of. And there's sorrow that's added with that. But the blessings of God that come on your life, you should never apologize for and never be ashamed of. When God blesses you with a car, with a house, with a a payment, with health, with whatever, the blessing of God that comes on your life, um, you need to be thankful for that and not sorrowful of it. It's it's a testimony. Um, Scripture says it's the goodness of God that draws to repentance. We need to remember that it's goodness that draws to repentance. And uh, God is the biggest giver of all time. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's the biggest uh, gift of all times, right? The the best gift. There's nothing that you could give better. And yet today we think that money is greater than than God or, or Jesus. Um, I mean, literally, Jesus talked about your finances or money as the least of these, right? The very smallest thing, if you can trust me with the least of these, sometimes you want to know where a, a Christian or a, a person's heart is, go look at their bank statements, right? You can see where they spend their money and where they put their time, and it's usually not the church. Um, so what is this blessing? I, I want to show you today that it's okay to be blessed of God um, and it's not just a financial thing, but there is a financial blessing. So when you read that, the blessings of the Lord, um, a lot of people jump on it right away and say, oh, that's a supernatural blessing, right? That's that's not talking about money. That's talking about um, the Spirit of God. And I agree. The Spirit of God is a blessing that comes on you. The blessings of Abraham is what God promises now to the Gentiles, right? Um, that the blessings of Abraham could come on the Gentiles as well through faith in Jesus Christ. That means that anybody who believes in Jesus now, Jew or Gentile, which Gentile just means everybody that's not a Jew, um, is now gets that same blessing. And with that is everything that Jesus paid for on the cross. And um, so that's not just uh, finances, but it is a part of it, right? That my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Now, we've traveled doing a Kingdom Youth Conference now for a while. Um, we do, you know, thousands of kids come to Christ all over the U.S. And when we uh, come into a church, the church takes care of our needs. And the church takes care of our needs, so we have 
um, a place to stay. We have food. We have drink. You know, sometimes there's snacks in the green room, whatever it is. But that is different according to what church we're at, right? So some churches we go and taking care of our needs means we're sleeping on the pews and we're eating hot dogs. And sometimes it's a five-star hotel and it's a steak dinner. And it's just dependent on what church you're at and according to, you know, how the church is doing it probably, um, or what the belief system of the pastor is. But yet we see that God shall supply all of our needs, but it doesn't stop there with God's just going to take care of you, but it's according to his riches and glory, which riches, we know what that is, and we know what the glory is, the supernatural, right? So he's going to supply everything that you need according to his bank account and according to the glory of God. And so this is the Proverbs ten twenty two that the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Look in Proverbs 13, 22. It says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. You know, we don't see that all the time in Scripture. We look at it and we say, well, you're not supposed to have money if you're rich. You're just supposed to give it to the church, or you're supposed to give it to the poor. We're just supposed to, you know, you know how many people you could feed with that? You know how many homeless people you could help with that? instead of reading scripture. And it says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. How can you be a good man and leave an inheritance for your grandchildren if you can't even meet your own needs, right? And all of a sudden we get this spirit on the inside. It's the spirit of mammon. That's a spirit of money that says, no, well, we can't do that. And that's literally false humility, right? That we say, well, we don't do that. And that's literally... You hear in scripture, you know when people come in and they're like, well, you know what you could have done with that instead? You don't need this kind of a thing for the church. You don't need that kind of car. You don't need this. That could have been used to do, you're literally quoting scripture, but you're quoting Judas. You're quoting Judas. Judas said that when they started pouring out the oil and the fragrance perfume on Jesus's feet, he said, you know what you could have done with that? You could have fed the poor. And it wasn't because he even cared about the poor. It was because he used to take from um, what Jesus had. And I often wonder what was actually in uh, Jesus's bank account that Judas was able to help himself without people noticing. Um, people like to think that Jesus was poor. They like to think that, and yet you want to forget about the the clothes that was woven in one piece that the soldiers fought over and cast lots because they didn't want to tear it. You want to forget about uh, the three wise men that brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You want to forget about the 30 years of carpentry and working. You want to forget about all this stuff and just say, well, he was poor. And why is that? Because uh, Jesus said one time, you know, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And then people say, see, Jesus didn't have even a place to lay his head. Well, that's not true. It was when he went in to the city and it, it was sold out because of the Passover, right? And so we need to realize and put Scripture back where we found it and keep Scripture into context, right? Um, so looking through some of this, uh, we look at... Um, Look in Isaiah 44, 3 real quick. It says, For I will pour water on him that is thirsty and the floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing 
upon thy offspring. Malachi, this is a um, a famous verse um, when we talk about tithe. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now we're uh, here with... And this is what God's really saying is, test me in this, right? Said the Lord of hosts, If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast the fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts, and all the nations shall call you blessed, for he shall be a delightsome land, said the Lord of hosts. If you look at this and you really start to understand this blessing of God, it's not just a spiritual blessing. And God's even saying this, trust me with what you have and watch that I won't take care of you. Trust me, you want to hang on to your money? You're going to try to do it on your own? Fine, I'll let you do it on your own. You want to trust me with your finances? You want to trust me with your tithe? Then watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour out a blessing that all the nations, all your neighbors, all your coworkers, all, everybody that you know, your family is going to call you blessed. The, the people... It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Repentance means a changing of your mind. When you see somebody blessed, you want to be blessed too, right? You don't see somebody that's broke, can't pay their bills, miserable, thinking about suicide and they're a Christian, thinking about, well, I'm never going to make it. I'm not going to do this. And you're like, man, I really want what they have. No, it's the blessing of God that brings people to say, man, I want what they have. Literally, it's always the heart. It says, it goes through the scripture talking about everything. And then it says, and seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then all these things, money's a thing. A car's a thing. A house is a thing. But what's important is the kingdom of God. When you, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous, then let God add the stuff. You go after stuff, you've got it all backwards. That is not the true heart of God, when you go after stuff. But when God brings the stuff because you're seeking after him, there's no sorrow added to that. You can rejoice. You can be glad in it. I mean, it is not about um, what you have. It's about who you put your trust in. I want to show you the story in Luke 18. This is the rich young ruler that we talked about in the beginning. It says, now a certain ruler asked him, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? This is important. It says, no one is good, but that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, uh, when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all the things you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come, follow me. Um, I want to stop there for a minute. Jesus always goes straight to the heart. You never see Jesus say this to anybody else. He had Zacchaeus come down from a tree, and he never said, give up this, that, and another thing. Zacchaeus, after talking to Jesus, said, I'm going to repay those people, right? And you see here that the rich young ruler couldn't give up. But just talking to Jesus, Zacchaeus wanted to repay everybody. It's a heart issue. And Jesus never said this to anybody else except for this man who couldn't do it, right? 
And what does he say? We're going to keep going on this. But I want you to notice it's the difference between the law and grace, right? The law came in and, and when the Israelites said, tell us what we can do and we'll do it. And God said, you think you can do it? You think you can get to me without Jesus? Let me show you. Here's my requirements, right? Before then, he said, I will be your God. You will be my people. And that was literally what he wanted was relationship like back in the garden. And they said, no, tell us what we must do and we'll do it. So God told them and gave them the law. And from that, we see here, this is the same thing, dealing with the heart issue. Look at what the rich young ruler said. He, he came up to Jesus. He didn't call him Lord like a lot of people. He didn't call him master. He said, teacher, what must I do? Tell me what I have to do. It's the same thing. He didn't come up and say, Jesus, save me. He said, tell me what I've got to do, and I can do it. And as soon as Jesus starts going into the commandments, right, he's the only person he even goes with the commandments. Don't steal, don't. And he, he's talking the commandments to him because this guy knows the commandments, right? And he turns around and said, I've done all those things. Pat myself on the back. I've already done those things. And Jesus points out the heart and says, fine then, I'm going to hit you in the one thing that you can't do. Let's give up your riches. Give up your stuff and then follow me. Give it all to the poor. And he goes away sorrowful. Um, and I want to show you this. It says, and follow me, but we'll keep reading here in Luke 18. It says, but then he heard this. He became very sorrowful for he was very rich. And Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful and said, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? Um, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. See, a lot of people stop right here and say, see, I told you, it's impossible. And, and then it says, and those who heard it said, who then can be saved? This is, this is so important. But he said to them, these things which are impossible with man or are impossible uh, with men are possible with God. And Peter said, see, we have left all and followed you. And so he said to them, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal. This is literally seek first the kingdom of God. You're going to leave your house you're, I'm going to repay you many times more. When? In e eternity? No, it says in this present time and in the age to come. So people look at this and they're like, see, it's bad to be a sinner. Then why? Or bad to be uh, rich. If you're a sinner if you're rich. Rich man can't enter into the kingdom of God. He's literally hitting at the heart and saying, it is impossible to enter into the kingdom of God without Jesus, right? But with God... He makes things possible. This is what he's explaining to them. And I, I find it interesting that the disciples were there and they turned and were sorrowful and they said, well, then who can enter in? Why? Because they had money. They didn't look and say, see, we told you, you got to sell everything. No, they were sorrowful because this. And then the disciples said, well, look, we've left things to follow you. And God said that assuredly, you are going to receive many times more 
in this life because you're following me. Um, is it just a spiritual blessing? No, it's physical things. You've left your family. You've left your stuff, which means you've left your jobs. You've left your houses. You're going to receive many times more because you're following me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then these things will follow you. You're going to go after this stuff. You're going to miss the big picture. If Jesus goes with the heart every single time. And he tries to, a lot of people have even said, you know, this is, well, there's a, the eye of a needle in, over in the Middle East and a camel had to crouch down and crawl through and it's possible. No, what God was literally saying, a literal eye of a needle and a literal camel. It's easier for a rich man. Why a rich man? Because a rich man puts his trust in himself. A rich man says, I don't, when, when do you need God? When you're at rock's bottom, you cry out and you say, God, I need you, right? It, we really want to change when we are at rock's bottom instead of saying, God, I need you when you're a multimillionaire. God, I need you when everything's going well. God, I need you. We have to have that kind of a heart. And it's hard for rich people to say, God, I need you when they've got it all made, right? When they think, well, I, I've done this on my own. It's the same thing of the law. Well, I did this and so I don't need you. It's the same thing as the rich young, young ruler. Give up that stuff and come and follow me. Well, no, I need that stuff, God. I did that. I've created myself wealth. I've got my, my savings account. I've got this. And so Jesus said, okay, you want to do it? Then it's easier for you to go through, uh, you know, for a camel to go through the eye of a literal needle than for a rich guy to, to say, I put my trust in you, God. And so here, it's literally, money is considered in Scripture the least of these. And many people can't get the least of these correct. You can't get your finances in order. You can't get your thinking about money in order. You either, well, we're not supposed to be rich, but yet you'll go and work um, nine to five every day to get money, which is supposedly evil. And then you're like, well, no, um, if you're a millionaire, well, if you're a billionaire, if you're, you're just putting a dollar amount on it when literally you've got probably a thousand dollar cell phone in your hand right now, right? And there's people in third world countries that are looking through garbage. How hypocritical are we, right? Money is nothing. It's just a number. We need to seek first God's kingdom and he will supply us. Then don't feel guilty if you go get a cell phone. Don't feel guilty. But then when there's somebody above you, don't make them feel guilty. They might be at a different place in life than you are. If you think of it, um, a lot of people, you know, will go in and they will give, uh, well, I'm going to give to God. I'm going to give, you know, $1,000 in the offering today, but you make, you know, $100,000 a year. You know, that's not really a lot to give. But if you make maybe, you know, $10,000 a year and you give $1,000, that's significant, right? That's, that's a little bit more. Um, it's the same thing. God always looks at the heart. You see that when um, the rich people were bringing in their tithes to the church and they'd, you know, bang the, the gongs and make loud noises and put down sacks of money. And then the, the widow comes up with her two mites, all she's got left, and puts it down. It's about the heart. It is never about money with God. It is never about a dollar amount with God. We say, well, how much should we give in church? Well, that's up to you. How much does it, how much feels right to you, right? If it means something to you, it'll mean something to God. If it doesn't mean anything to you, God, I'm going to give you a tip. 
right? I'm just going to give you a tip off of what I got. I've got a little extra, Lord. I'm going to give it to you instead of saying, God, I put my trust in you. This hurts me to give this to you, but I love you. And I know that you can give this. That moves the heart of God. It says that he's going to pour out a blessing on you, right? And so you really need to look at not how much to give, but what is your heart telling you to give, right? It's a gift of love where you give God out of your best instead of giving God off of the remnants of what I've got left over I probably won't use, right? So I want to encourage you guys today not to think like Judas, to get out of it, get in the blessing of the Lord, that blessing that makes makes you rich and there's no sorrow added to it. And I hope with this ministry we move forward in power that people begin to give in a big way. I'm not going to have sorrow on that at all. I'm going to take over the world and and use finances for the kingdom. You know, it's when you start to have your sh- your mind shift to thinking about just money and not the gospel that things start to get weird. And um, I, that's literally that spirit of mammon that will try to get on people. But um, I wanted to encourage you guys today, start studying the blessings of Abraham. Start looking at, you know, it might not have been the blessings of Abraham might not have been rich, might not have been uh, money, but the blessings of Abraham was God's favor on Abraham. And then even when he made a mistake, even when he uh, told the, the Pharaoh that, hey, this is not my wife, this is my daughter, and Pharaoh takes um, Abraham's wife, you know, that's that's a sin, right? Abraham screwed up. And God speaks to Pharaoh and he sends him back Sarah to Abraham, and he sends him back with riches. So the blessings of God on Abraham's life was even finances and riches when he was screwing up. Yet what is the scripture that you believe and you make a part of it? Like, I want to function in the blessing. I don't want to just not believe it. It's not for me. It's not for today. And then never receive that. I want to be in the blessing. You know, that's not money. That is the the love of God, that's everything that the cross paid for. And with that favor, finances gets on you as well. It's just a byproduct of the blessings of God. But when you start looking for the blessings of God as money, money cometh, your heart's in the wrong spot. And it's not going to function the right way because God always, always, always deals with the heart. So today, repent, look at your heart. And what is it saying about finances? I want to thank you for tuning in to Truth and Power. Don't be like Judas, but be like Zacchaeus who said, Lord, I will give back and I will I will repay anybody that I've done wrong. That's the heart of God that says that we're going to do the right thing even when it hurts. We give to God not to be blessed. We give to God because he first blessed us. So thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you soon. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.